Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvie Brett on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Minas Amolis. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride welcome back everyone to episode 62 of meet us at molly's i'm one of your hosts my name is bryna with me as always is gina i'm wine drunk (laughs) (laughs) yes gina is wine drunk it's been a long week yeah so that's why i'm hosting and gina is here (laughs) 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 yeah so tonight we're going to talk about chicago fire episode season six episode 21 called the unrivaled standard um as always we usually start with the news but there was no news this week um check out our other episodes from this past week um, that came out on Friday for any news. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard our conversation with Roland Beth III from Chicago Med, check that out. It's on our page. Um, yeah, all the things. Um, but yeah, so otherwise... And if I you guess, haven't seen The Week Of yet, get on it. Yeah, if you haven't seen The Week Of, get on it. It's on Netflix. Um, it's really funny. We're not just saying that because Roland is a friend of the pod. Go check it out. No, so, it's really funny. Yeah, so tonight we're going to talk about Chicago Fire, like I said, season six, episode 21, the last episode before the two-hour finale. (laughs) Two hours. I know. Brenna, I don't want to. I know, but this is, I mean, this is the episode that sets up kind of the storylines we're going to see in that two-hour finale, whether it's solely storylines that happen in the first half or the second half, I don't know, but they're definitely Mm going to be seen in that two hours. Um, and there's some interesting things going on. I am so not emotionally ready for this at all. I know. I'm curious. And this is something we'll have to ask Derek about. Um, I'm curious if it's going to be like a two-hour movie or if they were two separate episodes and they just because of NBC's schedule and stuff were, are going to be happening on the same night. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I just, after the two-hour movie event that we've already had with Otis getting shot, I'm just not ready. I'm not I ready. So I let's just get right into this. So we're going to start first with this Bowdoin for Commissioner storyline. So the very first call, not the first part of the episode, but the first call we get is an accident that those private Ambo people that whose names literally don't matter – um, <laughs> from a couple weeks ago were involved in I think they hit, or a truck hit them or something but they spun out whatever so idiot number one like I said I don't know names <laughs> I didn't care to learn names I don't think I think his name is Greg for what it's worth uh, idiot number one um, <laughs> it, the one who's not whose wrist isn't broken or whatever puts decides so there's a patient so Idiot number one is outside. He was driving. Idiot number two is in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Idiot number two is in the back. She's hurt her wrist, so she can't take care of the patient. There's a patient back there. Um, Idiot number two can literally do nothing. She broke her wrist, not like her neck, but she can't do anything. I know. But yeah, idiot number two can't do anything. So (laughs) now the patient's at risk. And whatever. And so... But the idiot number one, so it's, it's Squad and Ambo that show up. 
Squad is like, hey, let's take off the door. This will be easy. We can get him out. No problem. But idiot number one decides to put the patient even further at risk because he doesn't want Squad to take off the door because if Squad takes off the door, then they have to pay for it. Oh, my God. Oh, just is like, that really how? Yeah, like, is that really how private Ambo companies work? I mean, I don't, I hope not. That, like, they're financially responsible for the Ambos? I hope not, because that's. But I feel like if you're good at your job, you'd say, like, fuck it and let them take off the door no matter what. Right. Like, if you actually cared about your job, like, you would just be like, fuck it. I'll fight it or whatever and do whatever. Be like, the, this was the patient, you know, the patient was at risk. Like, there was nothing else to do. Um, yeah. Whatever. Clearly, this call not, went, clearly, they don't care. No, no, they don't. This call went so weird so fast. Because, like, at first I was like, oh, man, it's the private Ambo people. And then when they cut to the girl in the back, whose name totally escapes me, and she was literally, like, paralyzed with fear, I was like, seriously? Yeah, well, and it's funny because as I was rewatching it and, like, working on the outline and stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, that first call, like, there's nothing really, you know, important about that. And then I was like, oh, right, it's the private Ambo people. I guess we have to talk about it. <laughs> Whatever. So finally, they get the patient out and stable because, hello, 61 comes and saves the day. Um, and Dawson has this line. She's like, I can't believe we ever considered going private for even a minute. And then idiot number one is like, you'll wish you'll have gone private when Commissioner Staten is gone. And they're like, what, are the, what, what the fuck are you talking about? So apparently Commissioner Staten is leaving for some job at – I don't even know. Um, they say it, but I, it's not important. Um, which means that all of CFD is going to get handed to some desk jockey. And by desk jockey, everyone's meaning that it's someone who has never actually been in a fire. He's not, like, a firefighter. He's just someone who's climbed the ranks through, like, administrative positions. So this sounds to me like when I worked at Starbucks, a lot of the time they would bring in what are called external hires to fast track to manager and these were people who never had training as a barista or anything like that so they would like fast track to manager and just be terrible at it because they had no idea what it was like to work on the floor so right. that's what I'm thinking this is like that probably is exactly what this is like yeah um yeah but so everyone at 51 is talking about it when they get back from this call um, but Bowdoin just really says, you know, everyone stay calm. Like, right now it's just rumors. Like, I've heard the same thing, but we don't really know anything, so there's nothing more we can do. But then later on in the episode, Commissioner Staten randomly shows up to tell everyone himself that he's taking this new job. And the lead-up before this is really funny because Otis and Cruz are having a conversation, and then Mouch comes, like, running in, and he's like, We've got to clean this shit up. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then Mouch just starts throwing, like, pizza boxes and, like, cats gets involved. And it's just, like, all these things going on. And Casey walks in. He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And then, like, before <laughs> Mouch can answer, like, the commissioner shows up. They just look funny. Um, and, and there's just, like, at one point, they're, like, throwing the pizza box, like, over the thing. And Casey's like, hey, what the fuck? And they're, like, <laughs> hiding things in the oven. It's just really funny. So um, so, yeah, so Commissioner Staten just wants to come tell everyone himself that he's taking this job. And, you know, he's like, it's been too long. So Bowdoin shows him, takes him on a tour of 51. 
And in this moment, he, like, says something about Bowdoin being the best battalion chief and whatever. And so Casey gets an idea from this. So then Casey and Sev go have this meeting in Casey's office. And Casey's idea is that Bowdoin should throw his name into the ring for commissioner. But then Sev points out that the mayor picks the new guy and he's already got a list of names. Um, shout out to Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Maybe he'll make a guest appearance. Maybe he won't. Again? No. Again. Yeah, maybe. Um, so, but apparently Casey's like, well, remember how last year Bowdoin saved the mayor's aide from in this fire and blah, blah, blah. Casey's like, well, we could run it through him and try to get him to put Bowdoin's name on the list. Did we see that? Was that a storyline or is that just like... Yeah, it sure was. Do you remember when... I don't remember who came in to shake it up, but somebody basically reassigned 51 to all of the different firehouses in the city. And so, like, Brett and Stella went to the old one that Stella had been at and the boss was really sexist. And then Herman and... Or no, I'm sorry, not Herman. um, Cruz was put on 911 Dispatch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that episode. And then it ended with a gigantic fire that, like, the mayor's staff was trapped in. And pretty much 51 just, like, came back together and saved the day. I do remember that now. Mm -hmm. Anyway, excellent callback. There's just so many callbacks recently. Like, this is so much fun. I love it. They've been so good and yet also, like, so complex. Yeah, it's great. Um, But, yeah, so Casey's like, well, maybe we should try to, like, go through him. And then Seb's like, well, Bowdoin doesn't do politics, remember? And then Casey's like, that's why I suggest we do it for him. So clearly Casey and Seb are, like, out and about to, like, go get Bowdoin's name on this list. And they're working their contacts and whatever. I am so here for Casey and Severide, like, teaming up and being, like, let's Buddy do cop. This. Yeah. I love it so much. It's just funny because, like, the first time, like, Bowdoin, when Seb says, like, Bowdoin doesn't do politics, remember, I wanted Casey to be like, well, I did. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like I did. Remember I was like, that time I was alderman. I thought I really thought for a second it was going to be an alderman callback, but it wasn't. Thank God, because those were some dark days. I was hoping it would be, but I was just like that was like the perfect time for like he was like Bowden doesn't do politics. Remember, in case you should have been like I did. <laughs> so anyway, so hold on. So Casey and Severide later on get called into Bowden's office because Bowden wants to confront them about calls he's gotten inquiring about his running for commissioner. And Severide's like, we didn't mean to go behind the back. Like, we just knew, like, you wouldn't. And Bowden's like, well, you're damn right I wouldn't. Like, this isn't me. And then Casey goes on this whole thing, and it's just such a great line. Um, Casey's like, people in this city respect you and it's not because, and it's because of something you've taught us since day one. You get respect, not just by earning it, but by giving it. It's why we would follow you anywhere and others would too. I know you think you don't have anything else to teach us, but I'm telling you, you do. And you should be teaching it from a higher perch. Oh, Oh, I love when Casey gets poetic. And Bowden is emotional as fuck in this scene. This was so good and just so perfectly said. Yeah, it's just so well done. Um, but on the flip side of that, Brenda, like, how would you feel if you just got, like, solicited into this thing that you didn't really want to do from the beginning? Well, I think that's why, I mean, we'll talk about in a second, you know, Bowden kind of comes to the conclusion. I think, 
I mean, I think I would have reacted the same way that like, hey, what the hell were you guys thinking? But like, that doesn't mean that I won't think about it. Like, just because I didn't mm-hmm. think of the idea myself doesn't mean that it's not a good idea. Right. So, but I just, you could tell like Bowden was, like I said, Bowden was emotional as fuck. Like, he was a, on the verge of tears. Like, just so good. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, going off the point about it not being his idea, something that they talked, Severide and Casey talked about, like, back in that office scene was, you know, Casey's like, well, I don't really want him to leave 51. You know, it's the only reason why everything kind of works out for us here is, like, I can be work here with Dawson and, you know, he's helped you out more than enough times, you know, with all your shit. But, like, everyone else deserves to get that same chance and to have that experience with Bowdoin. And because Bowdoin is just such that great leader and he is, you know, kind of the different shakeup. Like, he's not all about politics, like, which is what CFD needs. So I think it is a good idea. And I, like I said, just because it isn't Bowdoin's idea doesn't mean it's not a good idea. No, that's, yeah, that's absolutely right. So then the last little bit that we have to talk about in terms of Bowdoin and Commissioner. So this is a little bit of spoiler, but we're going to talk about it more when we talk about Herman. But on the way to into this visitation that happens at the very end of the episode, Bowdoin tells Casey, he, you know, he comes to the decision that he's on board with him throwing his name into the hat for Commissioner. And Bowden just drops his line. He's like, I'll look after this department and these people. And I was just like, tears. Just like, yeah. Oh, my God. Wallace fucking Bowden, y'all. Right. It's just, oh, my God. But then fucking Grissom tells Sev at the visitation, at the worst possible time, that he's also throwing his name into the ring for commissioner, too. And he's like, times like this, I know I've got to give the department everything I've got. Like, dude, weren't you going to retire? Like, get the fuck out of here. Right. But like, also, dude, times like these, you're at a funeral, bro. Can you stop thinking about yourself for one second and think about what just happened? He's like, I know we could. He's like, I know, though, like, we can talk about this later. Like, there'll be more time for more questions later. It's like, dude, like, at least have the courtesy to step outside the fucking house. Not even, but like wait until wait until the next day, dude. Like seriously. Well, I mean, Bowden said. I mean, Bowden said it to Casey on the way in. So like, I get. I mean, like, get it. Like, you know, whatever. And I'm not I'm not sticking up for Grissom or anything. But like, if you want to drop this conversation, like, go have it at least outside the fucking house, like Bowden did. Like, if you have to preface something with like, I know now is not the time, then maybe just don't say it. Right. And, but like, weren't you gonna retire like five episodes ago? Right, like, make up your mind, bro. You're not, like, the Brett Favre of CFD. Let's go. Right, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, leading into the finale, Bowden is running for commissioner, and so is Grissom. Yuck. But Bowden just Grissom drives me crazy. And, uh, yeah, I think Grissom drives me crazy because... In the grand scheme of things, he's not, like, a terrible person. Like, he does nothing that's, like, ho- like outwardly horrible. It's just, like, he gets under your skin and, like, he does the little things that are bad that, like, all get under your skin. But, like, he's not evil. No, but it's kind of like dealing with a 12-year-old girl. Like, right. Severide was, like, you know, he, he came to him and he was, like, Severide, like, I want to do this for you. And Severide was, like, no, thank you. And then Grissom was like, well, fine. Right. I just. Right. But like I'm saying, it's not like he's a horrible person. It's just like he's annoying as fuck. Yes. 
So, but I guess we're going to see him in the finale because he's competing against, or competing, running, whatever the fuck. I don't know what the right term is for commissioner, but they're both throwing their name in the ring for a commissioner. Yes. So that is that storyline. Gina, do you want to talk about Severide and Renee or you, you want me to? No, I will talk about Severide and Renee. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So we start off. Severide and Stella are teasing each other in the kitchen and they're being all cutesy and adorable. And yeah, so Severide's like, you know, I miss having you around. And Stella's like, so you miss having my hair ties all over the kitchen counter. And so Severide's like, no, I miss you. And she says, so ask me on a date then, like a real one. So they're being precious. We cut to the apron and everything is all wonderful and whatever. Enter Renee fucking Royce. Enter Renee fucking Royce. Just like, mm, if you haven't seen season one of Chicago Fire, you need to go back and do it. Because like, you will not, Ashley, you will not <laughs> fully appreciate our rage about this until you see season one. Yeah, just, Stella in this episode is like Ashley because like she knows who <laughs> she is, but like she doesn't get it. She's literally Ashley, I know. Um, Cap had the best one-liner of the episode, though, in this moment, because he like he sees Renee walking up, and he goes, oh, this is about to get interesting. She's like, oh, Cap. Yeah, Cap's so, one-liners have just been on point in, like, the back half of this season. They've been so on point in the back half of this season. Can I make a formal, like, can I, can I make my first addition to my wish list for season seven? Yes. Can we please see more of Cap and Tony? And not just as background, can we develop them a little bit? Right. Like, even if it's just, like, a slight storyline, like, the chair, and then, like, that scene that was supposed to happen that never happened that had to deal with the chair, like, even something just like that a little bit more often would be great. Yeah. Can we please learn more about these characters in season seven? Because it's just, they're so good. Especially, like I said, Cap on recently has been on point. Cap's been so on point. So, of course, you know, this gorgeous woman walks up the apron and Stella's like, who the fuck is this? And Gabby has to kind of explain it, but in like a really abridged fashion. Gabby's like, yeah, that's Renee. Like, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, and then Stella's like, well, what is she doing here? And then Gabby just like ignores it in the coast to like see what's up and like see what Renee has to say. Oh, man. So, and, and you know, the other thing that irked me is how Renee just walked up to Kelly like nothing ever happened. And she was like, hey, Kelly, you got <laughs> pregnant and tried to make him think that the baby was his when you know it wasn't. Turn around and leave. Thank just, you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She has some balls to be walking up to that firehouse and being like, hey, Kelly. <laughs> hey, Kelly. Hey, Kelly. not okay it's not okay so Renee gives him this whole spiel and she's like I finally settled down in one place for Nicholas's sake Nicholas is her son and she explains this whole pro bono case about these firefighters who were injured in what a refinery fire an oil oil refinery fire or something yeah again like I've been saying for the past like 84 Freaking episodes. We haven't even done 80 episodes. There are a million firefighters in Chicago. 
Yeah. She could have gone to any other firehouse. She could have gone to the art gallery two, door, two blocks down from that firehouse that, like, the firehouse used to be, apparently, and still could have found somebody to testify for this case. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think the thing that just had me continuously eye-rolling is, like, she's trying to butter him up to get her to, like, to get him to help her, and she's just like... I thought I could lean on, like, the best, most good-looking, most loyal, but, like, there's, like, all these adjectives, and it's just, like, girl, get the fuck out of here. You still Bye. tried to make him think that Nicholas was his when you knew it wasn't. Like, that right. does not erase anything. Five right. years does not make it okay. Well, and then speaking of Nicholas, like, she also tries to make sure she drops in the fact that, like, it's just me and Nicholas, you know, like, there's no guy in my life, you know, it's just me and him. I'm so I'm not done. here for any of this. And, you know, what was interesting to me was that the articles that, you know, Derek had done and everything like that, um, you know, Derek had done some articles, I think, probably earlier in the week. And he was saying he was like, yeah, these two had so much unfinished business. They were so good together. It was so hot and steamy between them. I'm like, no, it wasn't. All I remember is the time when she was like, I'm pregnant and it's yours. And she was blatantly lying. And they were only hot and steamy for, like, one episode because then she's like, well, I find out I'm going to have to go to Spain. And then she's gone to Spain for, like, ten episodes. Or not maybe not ten, but, like, five episodes or whatever. Oh, my God. But they're together for, like, one episode and then she's like, I'm going to Spain. And then she's like, you should come with. And then Kelly's like, yeah, I'm injured. What the fuck am I going to do? And so I'm going to move to Spain and quit the CFD. Oh, he's injured with his shoulder injury that took four weeks to heal. I remember that. Yeah, the thing, because he took all the painkillers that, you know. Shay gave him. That Shay gave him, that hid it. Yeah, the whole thing. Oh, my God. So, she gives him this whole story, and she's like, all I'm asking is that you take a look at what I've put together. There were a million other firefighters you could have handed this to who probably would have been down with what you'd put together. But no, you had to come right to Kelly's Everide. Yup. Okay. I mean, I get it. The blue eyes are, like, killer, but, you know. Yup. Yup. So finally, Gabby lays it all out for Stella in the bunk room. And I love how Stella is like, so this is not the Renee that he was engaged to. And Gabby goes, worse. It totally sounds like Gabby and Stella were like having a conversation with us, right? Like, Right. So Stella clearly knows nothing about Sev's past. Nothing. No, nothing. This is like confirms that like he definitely doesn't know about Shay. She definitely obviously didn't know he was engaged before. Like she knows nothing. No, but Gabby does mention Shay, and Stella doesn't say anything. So, I mean, I'm guessing well, maybe she doesn't know Well, now he probably knows. Yeah. Well, now she probably does. She probably didn't if this conversation happened three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that also, I, I feel like that got cleared up in the Q&A, uh, Derek's yeah. Q&A from last week. Yeah. Um, somebody asked, I can't remember who it was at this point. I'm so sorry, because she's a listener, the person who I think asked. it was Katie. Katie? Okay. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Katie. Katie asked, you know, does Stella know about Shay? And Derek's response was, like, exactly what Bryna had called. Like, Shay's name is everywhere. Of course she knows. So, yeah. But I loved how Katie tweeted that to Derek and got the reply and then immediately tweeted us and was like, look, look, I asked. <laughs> so yeah, proud. that was great. We love Katie, that, we Katie. love you. We're so proud. Yeah. Yeah. It was so great. So... Yeah, and so Severide and Stella, they leave after shift, and Severide tells Stella the real reason why Renee showed up, and so Stella's like, well, if you want to do it, it's fine with me, 
And Kelly's like, I just want to spend more time together. I feel like Kelly is forgetting who Kelly is and that a single woman has just waltzed into his life and he typically tends to sleep with them when that happens. Yeah, and I feel like just because of the how much of an effect it had on him, I feel like he's probably forgotten a little bit of like how bad it actually was. Like, I mean, I'm sure he remembers it as bad and horrible and that, you know, at one point in his life, like he was going to move to Spain for this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, a, a lot of things have changed. And also like that was just such a shitty situation. And like, I feel like he's not registering that like this is the same woman. Yeah. He does love Stella. I will absolutely agree with that. He loves her so much. But he also tends to fall under women's spells very quickly. Do you think so? I mean, because there's not that much left. No, finish this and then I'll ask you what I think about the finale. So Renee comes by. She drops off the documents for Severed to look through. And she also happens to bring her son. And Brett's pretty smart about this because Brett's talking to Gabby and Brett's like bringing the kid is like a super ballsy move. Yeah. And I mean, Brett's totally right here. Like to me, something seems fishy. Like Renee just seems to have this calculated out like just right. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the end of the Severide and Renee stuff just because Severide gets, you know, caught on a call and then it ends up being the call that takes up the last like 15 minutes of the episode. So that's literally how Renee has always been. Nothing is ever just like on a whim with her. Everything is always calculated with her. Right. So because next or the finale description says something about, you know, Stella like being, you know, queasy and not being unsure, being unsure about Renee's intentions with Severide and things like that. Like, what do you actually think is going to happen in the finale? I feel like we should get some, like, as we go, like, throw out some predictions out there, especially things we know are just going to be, like, big topics. I am really hoping this is going to be, like, the finale of season three? No, um... What is the season when Casey's alderman person, what's-her-face, like, kisses him or something, and then he goes back to Gabby? Three. We sure it's three? Well, he was together with Gabby and from four on. He went back to Gabby and Louie. I think it might have been oh, four. Oh, well, then that's four. Yeah, so... I thought you meant go back to her, like, as a relationship. I don't remember someone kissing... I don't remember that, but... I would really hope that it's like that, that it's like the end of season four where Severide... It seems like Severide's gonna go to Renee, but he goes back to Stella instead. I hope so. I mean, I don't... I don't think... I think Sev has grown enough to, like, be like, hey, um, if she's like, hey, you wanna hook up, like, Severide's not gonna be an idiot and hook up with her. Dear God, I hope not. But, like... I wouldn't put it past the situation for her, like you said, for her to kiss him and him be like, whoa, like. No, I, th- I think she'll absolutely make a move on him. I just, yeah. You know something's going to, like that's going to happen though. Absolutely, because I'm not kidding. Every move is calculated with her, every single one. Yep. 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 So I, I don't know. And I, Kelly's not going to have his guard up is the thing. Cause especially now, like, like and she, I don't know if she necessarily knows it, but like kids are a really good way to disarm Kelly. Right. And so his guard is just going to Well, go I think right she down. knows that because mm-hmm. 
I think that's part of the reason why she was able... I mean, granted, she really hoped and thought that there was a small percentage chance that it could be Kelly's. I mean, for the most part, she knew it wasn't. But there was, like, a 1% chance that it could have been. Or right. she thought it was. Um, but, she, I mean, she saw, like, when she said, hey, I'm pregnant, he was like, okay, bye for everything I've kind of planned for my life. And, like, I'm ready to start life with you. Like, she knows that I think he has a, you know, inside. He's a softie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I don't know. But, yeah, that's all the Severide and Renee stuff. Let's move on to another messy love story this week. Cruz's love life. Oh, goody. Oh, boy. So, as we talked about last week, Cruz has recently reconnected with his high school sweetheart, Delia. And that episode leaves off with... Cruz, you know, she calls him and is like, hey, like, come meet me at this hotel. Like, I'm staying here, whatever. And Cruz is, like, making this decision. Like, we just see him, like, in the car, like, kind of trying to make the decision of whether he goes in the hotels and hooks up with her or, like, drives off and, you know, leaves that be. So, but this episode opens with Cruz leaving the hotel. So, clearly, he slept with Delia. Oh, my God. This walk of shame. Like, if you were to ask me which Chicago Fire character was most likely to do the walk of shame, I would not have picked Cruz in a million years. I would have had Kelly Severide be, like, one through a hundred on that list. Never, never, never. Yeah. And it was, like, a proud walk of shame. He was, like, beaming. And I would have maybe put, like, yeah, I would have had Kelly one through a hundred. And then Casey would be, like, 101. And then Severide would be 102 to, or not Severide, uh, (laughs) Cruz would be, like, Cruz would be really far down on that list. Yeah, Cruz would be too far down the list. Um, But yeah, but he starts like freaking out internally because everyone is like, quote unquote, staring at him kind of like on the way out. Like one of those movie things where everyone's probably not actually staring at him, but that's the way he sees it. So he's like, freaks out. Um, Well, yeah, of course, everybody's staring at him because he's practically like skipping his way through the hotel. Right. But so... Maybe this is obviously clearly intention. Clearly, he regrets some part of it. Like, maybe he didn't make the right choice at all. So, back at 51, and Otis and Brett start drilling him about where he was since he didn't come home last night. And Cruz is just like, oh, yeah, I was at Leon's house helping him put together furniture. Wait, Leon moved back to Chicago? Like, where are all these Cruz and Leon scenes? Like, what the fuck? Don't tease us with this. Like, what the hell? Like, I didn't think Leon could ever move back to Chicago. Right. Which is why it was such a big deal that he was in Chicago for the surprise party earlier this season. Exactly. I don't, I don't know. But also in this scene, Cruz is complaining about the fact that he can't find his money clip, which comes back important in an important way in a minute. So Delia comes to see Cruz at the firehouse, but Brett intercepts since Cruz isn't there. And Delia also brings with her the money clip, and she's like, can you give this to him? And Which automatically lets Brett know that he was lying about where he was last night, and that he didn't take her advice from last week. And she, Delia's like, I, tell him I promise I didn't steal him, you know, steal any of his money. Like, she's like, ha, ha, ha. Like, clearly doesn't know who she's talking to. So... Cruz, after they're talking about um, Commissioner and Commissioner Staten comes in, Cruz can, like, tell Brett is upset about something, and he confronts her in the hallway. And Brett just gives him back the money clip, and she's like, I know. 
And he's like, what? And she's like, I know. She's like, and he's like, I promise. He Cruz is like, it's a little complicated. And Brett's like, it's not that complicated at all. Like, you lied to me. The Joe Cruz that I knew, like, pre-Delia, doesn't lie to his best friends. And he doesn't cheat. Like, what happened to that guy? I'm so confused right now. What is going on with them? Nobody fucking knows. Like, yeah, I just, I don't even know. Are you I trying talk- to solidify them being BFFs? Are you trying to misdirect us? What are you trying to do? I don't know. I want to talk about it a little bit at the end, kind of when we think in terms of what's going to happen with, because yeah. we know there's going to be more with them next week. Like, we just, or in the finale this week. We know. So, Otis and Cruz have a conversation after this about Brett, no, about Brett and Otis just lays it out. For Cruz and Cruz is like, it's not about me and Brett. This is about me and Delia. And Otis is like, no, it's not. It's about why you're really throwing yourself into this mess with your married high school girlfriend. And he's like, it all comes back to Brett. And then Cap is just like sitting on the couch watching them while eating chips. And I'm just like, Cap, you the real MVP. <laughs> that was the best. I laughed so hard. And he's just eating chips and they're just staring at him like, what are you doing here? And then he, they like move away because they don't need an audience for this. Um, so funny but I need the gift of that like now um and Cruz just but I mean the conversation is pretty much over Cruz just keeps repeating that Otis is wrong and that it's not actually about Brett but then Cruz talks to Brett after the shift and she apologizes she's like I shouldn't have yelled at you before like it's your life you're a grown-up like you can do whatever you want and she's like wait huh I was so I was like what the fuck is going on well to me that was you know Brett finally being like Sorry, I meddled. I shouldn't have. Like, I'm right, but it's off. just so back and forth, and I think, like, it's just confusing because, like, one minute she cares, one minute she doesn't. Like, where the fuck is she? Right. But it gets clearer by the end, and so Cruz shows up. Delia calls him, is like, "Hey, let's meet." Whatever. So Cruz shows up to meet Cruz. Not shoot. Cruz shows up to meet Delia later that night, and he suggests that maybe the best thing to do for now is like put the brakes on it. And she's like, well, she's like, I agree. She's like, you know, maybe we shouldn't have gone that far. But she tries to, like, flirt her way into another night with him. She's like, well, why don't you stay with for drinks? And, you know, she, like, tries to put her hand on his and all that stuff. And he won't do it. He's like, no, I – he's like, I can't. He's like, I can't do it. <laughs> but on his way out of the restaurant, Cruz runs into this guy. And he's like, hey, are you Cruz? And he's like, yeah. And then it's just – he gets punched out by Delia's husband. I don't want to say he had it coming, but, like... He had it coming from, like, he, Chicago. Yeah. I mean, he kind of did. Oh, what a perfect musical to refer back to. But Oh, like, my God, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. I just... I don't feel that bad for him because, I mean, you know, getting back together with your married high school sweetheart, that's playing with fire, dude. Like, no pun intended, but that's playing with fire. This literally could have been the verse of that song. For real. Of Cell Block Tango. I mean, granted, nobody gets shot, but, like, he does get punched in the face, so, like, close enough. This literally could have been the verse that he had it coming. Right. Um, so, this whole storyline kind of ends with next shift, Brett and Cruz just have another conversation, and Cruz is just like, I hate it when you get mad at me, but I hate it even more when you don't, like, don't give up on me. Like, you see the real, like, the good person in me. Like, I need you to keep seeing that. It almost kind of sounds like Julia Stiles' speech in 10 Things I Hate About You. Please tell me you've seen that movie. 
yes, it's been a while. And, like, my frame of reference when I think about 10 Things I Hate About You is the TV show, not the movie. Um, but I have seen it. It's just been a while. 10 Things was a TV show? Yeah, on ABC Family. Get out. What? Yeah. I need to Google this. <laughs> what in the... What? No. Yeah, it was. How long did this TV show last? Not long, I want to say. I don't even know if it got a second season. Because, you know, sometimes with ABC Family, they do, like, part A, part B. So if it had a second season, I feel like it was probably a part B. Oh, my God. Why don't I remember this? Casting characters. Let's see. They really It's 20 episodes. So, yeah, show. they had two seasons. Yeah, it was a TV show. Oh, I'm so old. Based on the movie. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting. Because <laughs> I just think about it, like, I can't even tell you, like, who the actors' names are, but it had the girl from Ned's Declassified School Survival and the girl from Camp Rock. Yeah, both of those go right over my head. <laughs> See, this is, I wish Ashley was here. Ashley would know what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. Maybe not about 10 things, but, like, she would definitely have gotten my Neds and my Camp Rock references right now. Well, hashtag today I learned. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so back to Brett and Cruz. <laughs> okay. To me, so, okay, again, heading into the finale, they're really pushing, pushing the Brett and Cruz stuff, like, kind of down our throats a little bit, which makes me think something happens between them during the finale, which, if this is the case, I'm going to be hella pissed because that they didn't deal with Bretonio first. Okay, well, but here's the thing, though. is like, all the stuff that they're dealing with with Brett and Cruz, it's not romantic yet. So, But, like, I don't see it being romantic, and we've talked about this. Like, I don't see the romantic chemistry between them. But, like, these are clearly storylines and conversations that, like, there's jealousy, like, it's clear, and jealousy on both sides, like, it's clear that, like, these are conversations, like, to push one of them into being, like, I like you. Well, it's going to be Cruz, obviously. Yeah, but, like, part of me, and as a Bretonio fan, I hate saying this, but, like, part of me feels like maybe Brett could say something similar. No, I know. I, I agree with you. I just... And again, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem if this was the case and this was the direction they were going if they had just dealt with Bretonio first. I know. That's the thing is, like, I'm still over here sitting like, you know, well, Brett's still in love with Antonio and thought she was going to have his baby. So, like, yeah, I'm just like, in this, like, that magical like, yeah, land they, over here. Right. And so they're trying to they're trying to set this up as, like, a BFF ship and everything. But, like... They can't really, because even if they are BFFs, there are still things that Brett can't talk to Cruz about. She's not going to go to Cruz and be like, OMG, this pregnancy scare I had. OMG, I still have feelings for Antonio. Right. I think it's hard, too. And I feel like it's even harder this second time around to deal with the Brett Cruz if it is romantic, just because we've already been there, done that, and it didn't work. Right. Not to say people can't change and situations can't change, but, like, in between that, at least on Brett's side, like, there was a significant romantic relationship that, granted, had its own problems, but in terms of a romance, was so much better in the romantic chemistry department. And so, for me, I can't go back and be like, 
and believe Brett and Cruz to be romantic just because I know what a Brett romance looks like and I like that one better than I ever liked Brett and Cruz. Yeah. No, I agree with you completely. And I feel like if this was a story, like, like if they wanted to tell this story, like this is the story I wish they had told in terms of Brett and Cruz romance, like back when it first happened. Because this yeah, is like a good start there and then build it into a romance. Now like, they're getting this is the foundation a good, that they should have had. Right, exactly. Like this is a good foundation for good romance. It's just like I wish this has been the story. What was that season? Season three? Was that season three when they were together? Season four? I feel like it was. Yeah, because Brett didn't come in until season three. Right. Yeah. So this is, but so, I don't know. But I feel like, I feel like they're clearly leading to some kind of moment between them. Mm -hmm. Whether it's romantic or not. Well, it's definitely going to be romantic on one side. Cruz wouldn't sneak a kiss, would he? I feel like Cruz is a very seize the moment kind of guy. Especially if he's feeling recently. it. If he's feeling it, then who knows? I don't know. Yeah, listeners, if you have any ideas as to what's going to happen with Brett and Cruz, please let us know. Because what I feel like Otis has been pushing Cruz to be like, dude, just I don't care what the fuck you do, but like, and I really don't want you to do anything, but like, you at least have to admit it to yourself that like you care about Brett and you still have feelings for her. Yeah, but I also see the risks of that, too, because what if Cruz professes his love for Brett and it screws up the roommate situation? Well, and that's why Otis doesn't want him to do that. But Otis is like, dude, you can't like you can't tell Brett, but like you need to admit it to yourself. Like you can't be keep covering up the fact that you don't actually care about her. Right. So you can't be running around with your married high school sweetheart. Right. And say, oh, I, it's actually about Delia when it's clearly not. It's clearly, clearly not. So if he's not in love with Brett, do you think he dives into that relationship with a married woman head first? <sighs> See, it's too... I don't... I think he thinks about it, whether he does it or not. I don't know, but I think he thinks about it more seriously. I think there's yeah. a more serious conversation about the situation. Like an internal conversation. Right. And maybe a conversation with Otis or whatever, but yeah. It would be more of a debate. Yes, agree. Whether he does it or not, I don't know, but like there's definitely more of a debate. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Yeah. So, so yeah, but that's all for Cruz's love life this week. Stay tuned <laughs> for next week's episode of The Love Boat starring yeah, The Joe Love Cruz, Boat. Starring and Sylvie Joe Brett. Cruz and Sylvie Brett. And... Yeah, Delia is gone, but you know. Um, hopefully, we don't know, but oh gosh. So that leaves Herman to oh, talk geez. about, doesn't it? Oh, oh boy, Herman. Okay, so am I taking this or you want to? Um, I mean, you feel like you're good enough. You want me to take it? I can. No, nah, I got it. I got it. Okay, so. Herman is coaching one of his son's basketball games. The cutest part of this to me is that Otis is assistant coach. Again. Why is, I don't know why that's so cute to me, but that's just so cute to me. I love how, I think it's just funny because like Herman, like the only person he can continuously get involved in his dumb schemes is Otis. Like yes. constantly it's Otis. Molly's, I mean, granted turned out to be not be a dumb scheme, but like Otis Hockey team, Otis. Basketball team, Otis. Like, 
all these other things that I'm clearly forgetting. Otis. Yeah. So great. So one of the parents is yelling at the kids. He's obviously taking this way too seriously because it's kids sports. Like, dude, calm down. And so everybody's giving him the side eye. Finally, Herman's like, dude, shut it. Zip it. Like, stop it. Stop talking. Yeah. And so later on at the firehouse, Mouch is like, well, I thought I thought you swore off kids sports after that hockey fiasco a couple years back. Nice callback. Again. I love the callbacks, but I also don't remember the hockey fiasco. Okay, well, there's... Okay, so the thing they showed with the hockey fiasco was not a fiasco. Like, that actually turned out okay. But the reason they had that situation and whatever was because prior to that, the first time Herman coached peewee hockey, there was a draft or whatever, and Herman lost this shit in terms of drafting. And I don't remember if it was, like, draft position or whatever. But, of course, there's a draft for peewee hockey. And Herman, like, lost his shit and got banned from the league for, like, three years. And so when they actually show (laughs) Herman coaching the hockey team, it's, like, this is his big triumphant thing. So it's, like, a callback to the callback. But still. But still a great callback, nonetheless. Was this, like, season one? No, this is, like, two, three. Oh, my gosh. It was when, um, fuck, if you had, or if I tried to think about it I could have said it um the chaplain Orlovsky went like because it's Herman Otis Norlovsky um being involved okay it's like right after whenever Orlovsky had his big car accident whatever season that is I want to say three I could also be dead wrong so it's like it's three it's like right after that because then Casey brings Orlovsky the jersey that says like coach on the back at the hospital and he's like I supposed to give this to you from Herman like he wants you to be involved whatever oh okay so I can't remember if that's two or three but it's not one if you remember listeners please tell us yeah interesting so Cindy shows up we always love to see Cindy yes love Cindy love her and so she she shows up And she's like, everybody's really fed up with Paul Colonino. He's the dad that was, like, freaking out. And so Herman's like, all right, fine, I'll reach out. So Herman meets Colonino at Molly's and tells him that, you know, he needs to take a step back. He, like, zeroed in on the issue. He did not beat around the bush. He was like, you and I both know you're being a pain in the ass. Like, curb this shit. Yeah. And so then Colonino kind of explains himself and he's like, you know, I wasn't there for my older son, so I really want to be there for my younger son, especially considering how much he loves basketball. And he just says, he's like, you know, this is all I've got with him. And so Herman, being the softy that he is, immediately softens up because, of course. And so Herman's just like, all right, listen, fine, just keep the theatrics to a minimum. The minute this happened, I was like, well, I know where this is going. I didn't see it. I didn't really? see it come. I don't know what it was. I did not see it coming. I think it's because the first time I watched this episode was super late at night on like like super late at night, mm-hmm. um, like midnight. Um, and so I just like wasn't paying attention. Like I just wasn't like I was paying attention. Like I saw what was happening, but I wasn't paying attention to be like, oh, this is what happened. And I think I wasn't paying attention because even though I knew about the Herman tragedy, I didn't put it together that this was the episode right after that. Mm-hmm. Cause hello, finale. Like I just didn't like put that together. 
Right, right, right. So squad, truck, Ambo, Bowden, and Colonino's company, they all get called out to this fire. It's like at a garage or something. And pretty much like the, I mean, after that scene that he had with about the kids, I was like, well, I know where this is going. And then they roll up to this garage and I'm like, how convenient that Colonino's company also happens to be there. Yep. Yeah. So basically everybody but one person is accounted for. Everybody goes in and Casey tells Herman to find a partner to go in with. And it just so happens to turn out to be Colonino. Who would have thought? How convenient is that? Who could? Yep. How convenient. Yeah. So Bowden, with that like sixth sense of his, he just stands outside. He's like a fire ninja. He's like, there's a disturbance in the force. Like I can tell that the building's about to blow. And so... He sends people in, so he tells everybody. He's like, he's like everybody, like GTFO, like yeah, this is get happening. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah, and so Herman and Colonino, of course, you know, they're like, well, we hear you, but we're also going to find the other guy. And so they find the guy, and as Herman's trying to get him out, his foot snags on like some sort of gadget. It's hard to describe, but. His foot snags and, you know, it takes Herman like a split second to just get it undone and come outside. So they go outside. Herman's all like, cool, awesome, done. And I can't remember who looks at him, but somebody looks at him and it's like, well, where's Colonino? Bowden is, I think. Is it Bowden? Yeah. And so Herman's like, oh, shit. So they want to go back inside. Of course, Bowden won't let them. They finally go back inside. They find Colonino. Or no, the building explodes. I'm sorry. The building explodes first. And Colonino's still in there. It's like total flashbacks to the season five finale. It's not cool. Um, but yeah, they go in. After the fire's put out, they find his body. But it's too late. And Herman is a mess. Yo. Oh, poor sweet Herman. And so Herman's in the bathroom and he's just feeling his feels is basically what's happening. And... He and Mouse just kind of level. Like, they have a really good discussion slash, like, heart-to-heart. And so Herman mentions, Herman's like, listen, Colonino was the first guy to show up to Molly's when we passed the boot for Jones. You know, that guy did stuff like that always. Was he really the first guy to pass the boot for Jones? I don't know. I mean, then it might be a scene that, like, we never saw. But, like, still, excellent callback again. You remember Jones, right? I I just said it was an excellent callback. Jones, yes. Okay, just checking. Just checking. I've done more recent rewatches than you have. You have. I rec- Hey, I recognize that. I applaud you, friend. Um, it's been a while, though. No, I'm I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah, and so so Herman finally explains what ha- what happened, and this is like heartbreaking to me. So. Herman says that Colonino was facing the wrong way. So basically what happened was that when the guy's foot snagged on the gadget, Colonino was coming back the other way. But since the smoke was so thick, we didn't see him. Like, yeah. fuck me up. It took me like three, t- four times to actually understand. Because like, obviously you hear him talk about it. But in the moment when you're watching the scene actually happen, I was like, wait a second. So who does, who was in the front? Like, I thought it was Colonino, but then Herman was in the back. And then, but Herman comes out and I was just so confused. But then when Herman explains it, I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, fuck me up. Totally, yeah. That's just heartbreaking. I didn't get to go back and see if, like, we actually could see him. But 
Well, like, oh. you see him in the beginning, and you see him, like, turn around and, like, look to see if Herman's behind him, and then he realizes Herman isn't behind him, but then, like, that's it, and everything else just kind of focuses on Herman from there on. So that's oh. why I was, I'd, like, I'm just watching that scene, I'm like, wait a second, I'm confused, because Colonino was clearly in the front, and then he doesn't come out, and I'm like, well, wait. So. Breaks my heart. Yeah. Ugh. And I like, I like how they did that, so that we as viewers were kind of part of it. Like, we didn't see Colonino either. Right. Yeah, like, the smoke was so thick that none of us could see him. Right. And, yeah. And like I said, I was confused because I thought Colonino was in the front. So when Herman comes out, I'm like, wait a second. I thought Colonino would have already come out, but he doesn't. He went back. Yep. So sad. Yeah, and so Herman is just devastated. And, you know, he's he's in this bathroom. He's he's crying. He's super upset. And so – Mouse just kind of talks him through it. And Mouse is like, listen, it's one foot in front of the other. You know, you keep it moving forward. We're going to go out there. We're going to put our gear in the turnout room. We're going to get a cup of coffee, pack up, and head out. And then we're going to go be there for his family. Oh, my God. Just give David Eigenberg all the fucking awards for this scene. Like, he killed it. And Christian Stulte, too, especially for that line. Like, it's just so good. I would love, love, love for them to get David Eigenberg for Con next year because I want I want to get to know him a little bit more. Like that, oh my god, he did with Rahm Emanuel. I was like, oh my god, there's so much about him that I did not know. That meet and greet would be amazing. Would be incredible. Yeah, like he was in the Marines. He met his wife in the military. I just there's so much more I want to know about him, and he's just such a badass. Yeah, he seems like a cool dude. He does. But yeah, he yeah. would be incredible at con. Yeah. So the episode ends with everybody from 51 showing up at Colonino's house for the visitation. Can I tell you what a horrible person I am? Severide goes to Stella's or Stella goes to Severide. One of them picks the other up. Well, and- Severide picked her up in his Mustang. So I'm assuming she went to Herman's house. Something like that. But my first thought was like, I was like, oh, they're going on their date. I was like, damn, why are they both so dressed up? And then they pulled up at the house, and I was like, oh, yeah. Tina. I know. I know. Just, Tina. I know. I try. My brain just goes places sometimes. 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 Yeah, and so everybody from 51 shows up at Colonino's house for the visitation, and Grissom's there, and, you know, just a lot of people are there. Although we didn't see Gabby. Yeah, we did. At the visitation? I think so. She walked in with Casey, but then Casey, like, held, like, Bowden, like, holds him back. So she walked ahead. I think. I'm 99.9% sure she was there. I just remember doing that thing where I was, like, span. I was, like, my eyes were, like, scanning the whole scene. And I'm, like, so-and-so's accounted for. This person's accounted for. Where's Gabby? Could have been wrong. I don't know. But, you know. 99.9% sure she was there. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I believe you. I just, you know. Um, but yeah, so Herman pays his respects to the wife. And even that scene is heartbreaking because neither one of them can get a word out. They just like hold each other and cry. Oh. So then Herman goes outside and he sees the son playing basketball. And so the camera like zooms out almost to like give them space. And Herman goes over and he just gives the son a hug. And that's it. Fade that's to the black. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. What a doozy. 
total doozy, total doozy. And but we I know this like is, a, go, go ahead. ahead, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like this was a really good setup, though, going into the finale. I was just about to say, because we know in the finale that Herman's still going to be dealing with the guilt and just, you know, the aftermath of this whole situation. But yeah, I think it was a really good setup for the finale. Overall thoughts on the episode? It was really good. I Again, this also might be because I first, like, originally watched it at, like, midnight. Um, I... The first half was really funny. I found a lot of things to be funny. I don't know why. Like, Cap had all these things. And then I, I was just laughing my ass off for, like, the first minute. And then it, like, changed immediately. Like, the second half was so somber. And I was like, what is this? And I was, like, crying. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I don't know if that was more the effects of it was just late or, like, that's just what this episode did. But it was really good. Really excited for the finale. Um, yeah. Really good setup for the finale. I'm terrified for the finale. I'm not ready for another two-hour episode. I'm not ready for this. I, yeah, that's going to be emotional AF. Um, two hours of suffering in, like, the best possible way, suffering, And we're going to have to deal but, with like, the PD finale before that. We're already going to be in our feels. And so 24 we're just gonna- hours, you yeah, have PD, and then it's going to hit fire, and then it's just like, oh, shit. Yeah, our PD feels are not going to go away in 24 hours. No, they're not going to go no. away for like four months. No, goodness. But yeah, so that's everything for tonight's episode. Um, as always, you can find us on all forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. We are Meet Us at Molly's. Um, you can check out our website to find all of our past episodes and interviews and everything. Um it's just me to setmollies.com. You can follow us individually on Twitter. Um, you can follow me at BrianaK13. Gina. I am at Gina Watches TV. And Ashley is at AshNick095. Um, and yeah, just stay tuned. Um, we've got a couple, maybe by the time you no. I'm not really sure what the time what you'll have heard by the time. I know you'll have heard Roland's interview by the time this has dropped. This comes out. But not sure if you'll have heard Patty or Derek. You will definitely not have heard Jeff yet. Um, But yeah, stay tuned for those. And just make sure you're always keeping your eyes peeled to our social media so you know exactly when those drop. Um, But yeah, otherwise, the next thing we talk about, you'll hear us talk about is either... No, you're going to hear us talk about Med first. Um, But yeah, so we'll see you guys on Friday. Bye. Peace out. Bye.